This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jumper three ball good for Clay on the right side. He scored the last 10 for Golden State. The Jazz advantage is five. Clay already 12 points, five of 10 shooting. Now back to 95 7, the game. Warriors grabbing hold of the uh, three seed in the West last night with that big comeback win over the. Jazz 111-107, it's Whitey Gleason and Kyle Madsen. Uh, and the uh, Warriors hoping to get some help from the Bucks, who currently are entertaining uh, the Dallas Mavericks. I think Dallas, last I checked, they were what, up three late first half in that one. Yeah, time. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Fun game. Yeah. You you called last night a, what did you say, a, a surprisingly fun or a sleepy good sports night? Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good, good sports good. night. Yeah. yeah. I, it was just a. It's just kind of like, oh man, April one, the baseball season hasn't started. It's kind of a weird, but no. Warriors game wound up being really good. Duke UNC. Yeah. I'm not a college basketball guy. Really? I get. I will watch March Madness, but like dur- going into the tournament, I couldn't name five college basketball. Players. Neither could Charles Barkley. So right, which is why I feel okay about this. Um, but like Duke UNC, I planned my day around it. I was like, I'm gonna be in front of the TV for Duke UNC. I'm watching this. This is did not like, disappoint. It did not Exceeded even a the bit. hype. Not, yeah, I was, I was a little bit concerned that Duke might kind of run UNC out of the gym a little bit, but <laughs> wrong there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a really, really, and then that game ended, and then Warrior or that Warriors Jazz ended like with like two and a half minutes left in Duke UNC's. So it was a really nice kind of fade in there. WrestleMania was a thing. If you're into wrestling, I'm not, but I know a lot of people who are that were hyped about it. So cool. Yeah. Sam Esfandiari is going to join us in just a moment. Before we do real quick, I just want to share with you a story about the uh, the brackets in college basketball. My wife, Shinya, had never filled out a bracket before, so she asked for my help. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so she goes, first region. She's, you know, we know someone who went to Gonzaga. It's like, yeah, that, that should be a good pick. We'll pick them coming out of that region because, you know, you start backwards. How about this other region, Arizona? Yeah, we'll go Arizona. And then she goes, oh, Kansas. I used to live in Kansas. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> I, you know, you already Dude, got two number ones. Come on. You already got two number ones in there. And, you know, Brutal. Bill Self. And so she's like, okay, what, what do you think? And I said, well, you know, Ken Palm's really high on Iowa. You might want to. So oh, anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. So <laughs> as Jim Harbaugh, you say, that's on me. Uh, nice enough to join us here. Oh, no. Again, we bask in the afterglow of that big warrior win from the Light Years podcast. Sam Esfandiari with us. Sam, how, did your brackets, are they still anything close to being intact, sir? <laughs> oh, not, not even close. I was done weekend one. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I was listening to your story there, and I'm like, that's highly relatable because that's exactly how mine went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You're big Ken Palm guy, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I was, it's like, well, I mean, quite frankly, I just watch more NBA than college. So it's like I do the same thing everyone who doesn't watch college basketball does. Watch two tournament conference tournament games and like scour some online rankings and think I know what I'm saying. Yeah. Make my picks. And yeah, that blew up my face this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I compared it, Sam, earlier. I compared it to I whenever I fill out my bracket, I feel like that pigeon. And that pigeon is so confident he's going to make it across home plate. And then here comes reality, that Randy Johnson fastball. Oh, no. And they collide and then push. And that's how I end up every year with the brackets. Pretty much. I was just, you know, just pivot right back to the NBA. Stay in my lane. Yes. Well, let's get to the NBA then. A uh, huge win for the Warriors last night. I mean, a remarkable comeback. If the Warriors found something with that comeback last night, if they found something, Sam, what do you think they found and how do they keep it going? Um, I would say they found a little bit of a defensive identity. I would say they started finding it against Phoenix, and I think that's really – kind of the key to getting them back on track. There's only so much they can do on offense without Steph Curry. I mean, Clay was amazing last night. Jordan Poole has been, is this 15 games in a row they scored over 20? I mean, he's playing, he's played himself into a very nice extension whenever that comes up. Uh, but really for this Warriors team to actually compete beyond getting Steph Curry back, they have to fit, they have to get that defense back to where it was in the first half of the season. And, the Utah game actually is a perfect example because they were they were pretty bad in the first half defensively. Like losing shooters, Utah obviously uh, one of the best three point shooting teams in the league, and for them to get down twenty points and be able to dig in defensively, um, that bodes well because that's kind of how they've made their name uh, in the years that they did win titles. Clay Thompson's played thirty games. He was obviously awesome last night, um, especially down the stretch. Can you grade so far his his return? Yeah, so like in terms of expectations coming off of missing basically a thousand days and two and a half seasons, mm-hmm. I have to give him physically like an A. He looks better than I expected. Um, you just never know when a guy has been out that long with injuries what to expect. He looks like Clay Thompson now. Overall, in the context of this Warriors team, probably more like a B minus. There's been some, uh, let's just say, um, he's been overzealous shooting the ball. And, you know, it's been some nights it's been like Utah, some nights it's been like Phoenix. So there's that element of him trying to get his legs under him. But overall, it's hard to really complain considering the stakes or just the situation he's coming back from. Catching up with Sam Fondiari from the Light Years podcast. And Sam, there's been, of course, a lot said about how Wiggins has struggled offensively since Clay's come back. Was last night the blueprint for how their games can mesh offensively? Yeah, I think somewhat. I think uh, him playing off of guys, kind of being that spot-up shooter and guy who cuts, doesn't really have to handle the ball. That was the formula that, you know, got him to the All-Star game, and he had such a strong first half of the season uh, where it's kind of like Steph and Poole were the guys tasked with creating the offense, and obviously Draymond is kind of a you know, point forward, and Wiggins could just be the beneficiary. I think we're seeing more of that now, and I think it'll actually be easier for him when Steph comes back because when they have Steph, when they have this version of Jordan Poole, when they have Draymond Green, who they run all their offense through, the really 
shouldn't be, you know, kind of set to where you're asking Andrew Wiggins to be like the uh, the decision maker. And so he should be able to, to play better this way. About five or six weeks ago, there was a lot of hand-wringing about the Warriors' lack of size and whether they were going to bring in somebody to be a big or whether they were just going to lean on James Wiseman. Do you foresee the lack of size on this roster being something that ultimately hinders them in the postseason, or can they survive without it? It's going to be tough from a cumulative effect for me. I, this team plays best going small, but can Draymond play 40 minutes a game of playoff intensity basketball for two months without, you know, without an Andrew Bogut or even like a Zaza Pachulia to kind of, you know, ease some of the burden there. I think that's always where it came down. In a single game, I'm not worried about it. If you're talking about going through the Memphis Grizzlies, who are the biggest team probably in the NBA, and like the Phoenix Suns, and then if you you get through those guys, you got to go against, you know, Giannis or Embiid or something like that. It's like that's where the worry comes in. It's like I know Draymond can – play that small ball style for one to two games against guys like that, but can he do it for two months in a row? So it is something I kind of worry about. Samus Fondiari with us on 95.7 The Game. And I know on Twitter you've uh, you've written about Memphis and what a great job they've done with that roster. Their their record without Jaw is incredible. I think they beat the Suns last week without Jaw or Jackson or Desmond Bain. So, I mean, how, how good is that team? Kyle and I have been debating – which bracket do you want to be in? Would you rather be in the Sun side of it or the Memphis side? I mean, is that almost a toss-up at this point? How formidable do you see Memphis uh, in the postseason? I think they're very formidable. I think in some ways I would rather be on the Sun side of the bracket um, because I think Memphis is a worse matchup for the Warriors. Um, it gets back to the size thing. They, uh, lead, they lead the NBA in offensive rebounding, obviously, we know Steven Adams, he's always kind of a thorn in the Warriors side, but Jaron Jackson, um, he's probably going to get some defensive player of the year votes in, you know, what, what do you consider Draymond missed pretty much half the year and he's kind of off the table and some of the other players. Uh, and then their backup bigs are just as good. Whereas when you go against Phoenix uh, in three of the four games, Draymond's had a lot of success against DeAndre Ayton. They don't really have any backup bigs. Uh, I do think Memphis will be a problem for the Warriors just because they, in some ways they remind me of like that, um, that 2016 OKC team hmm. where they were just bigger at every position. And you're like, when you'd watch them play, you're like, they're bigger, they're more athletic, they're more physical. It's kind of, um, it, it's a clash of styles, if you will. Is there a, is there a first round matchup that you think the Warriors prefer? Like Steve Kerr was talking about how they're kind of scoreboard watching and they're, do you think that if it comes down to the final game, was the scenario I laid out, where if the Warriors lose, they're the four seed, and they get Utah, versus if they win, they're the three seed, and they get Denver, do you think that's something that they would that they would even consider messing with, or do you think they'll take the three seed and, and roll with it? it? It seems like they're prioritizing health, as they should, because they, they have a, a bunch of key veterans who have been in and out of the lineup this year. So I think if anything, um, we'll see Kerr, you know, rest Draymond and some players uh, over chase a specific matchup. And they've been doing that kind of the last month with those guys not playing back-to-backs. And I believe they're not playing tonight against Sacramento, um, you know, Clay and Draymond and right. the veteran guys. Um, 
I actually think Utah and Denver, it's, it's about the same matchup for them. If there was a team I'd want to avoid in the first round, it's Dallas, uh, just because they they throw a ton of kind of gimmicky defenses at Steph. And considering his first game in a month is going to be in the playoffs, that's probably not you know how you want to start the whole thing off. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't see them. I don't foresee them. You know purposely losing a game to get a matchup, uh, be it Utah or Denver. Sam, assuming we do see that load management squad tonight, and I don't want to call them the B team because they played really well at times. I don't know what else to call them, but assuming we see that unit that Steve Kerr likes to put out there second night of a back-to-back, I really like their chances against Sacramento tonight. What do you think? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, Sacramento, are they're still missing Sabonis and, and De'Aaron Fox, so it's not like they're at full strength either. Uh, would be a good game to get maybe 30 minutes to Jonathan Kuminga and and some of the younger guys out there. Um, I think they have a pretty decent shot there. Mm-hmm. Sam, uh, give me one reason to watch the Oakland A's this year. <laughs> um, like watching Tony Kemp draw walks. Yes. I don't know, man. The Tony Kemp OPP. I can't wait. Right. Yeah, it's just, that's, that's about all I got for you right now. It's tough out here. Maybe – yeah, let's see. Maybe maybe a half season of Frankie Montas starts. I mean, he's still fun to watch. Let's see if he's on. Let's see how long he's on the team at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle says he's. I'm not paying for any of the games. I'm not going to. First was I'm not going to any games. Then it was well, I'm not paying to go to any of the games. I think after the A's get off to a hot start, Sam, I think he's going to change it soon. Yeah, all it's going to take is one series sweep of the Angels, and Kyle will be back. <laughs> I'm back in, baby. <laughs> Sam is Fondiari for great. Warrior coverage, Light Years podcast, of course, and uh, you want to look into also getting the premium coverage. Sam, thanks for your time. We appreciate it very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a great Sunday. Thanks, Sam. You too. Yeah, we'll get to uh, the A's in the news today. Coming up, bottom of the hour, uh, the A's in the news, Tiger in the news as well, and the 49ers. Are the 49ers signing a uh, hmm, Hall of Fame running back? So we'll get to all that, Kyle. It's a good yeah. tease. Yeah. Huh. How about that? Yeah. And then there's something going on with – have you heard what's going on with Daniel Snyder? He's under investigation for for keeping from his league partners um, visiting team money that's supposed to go to them? Yes. Yeah. Wow. What a disaster. Like, I so badly want to call – the A's owner's name is John Fisher. I so badly want to call John Fisher the worst o- owner in sports. But every time I get right there, Daniel Snyder gets his name back in the news for all the wrong reasons. That's amazing. It's it's unbelievable. The, the doesn't mean that it's true. He's just under investigation. The the variance between owners like Daniel Snyder and then owners like Joe Lacob, where Lacob and the Warriors are going to do everything possible. It takes to win. Money is no object. Go do whatever it's going to take to build the best team and win. And then you've got guys like Daniel Snyder who are in the news constantly for all the wrong reasons. Their teams are a disaster. Their organizations are a disaster. It's, it's, I feel like, I know leaks can't, but if I was like the czar of that, the, that's the Bill Simmons thing, the sports czar, you just get to do whatever you want. Sure, sure. I'd be like, hey, if you're an owner, you get three years. To figure it out. And if you can't after three, like get, get somebody else in there who, who can own the team and, and, and run the thing. 
Wow. There'd be yeah. a lot of current owners who wouldn't be current owners know. under those be rules. Great. Sports yeah. would be better for it. Yeah. I think the Warriors taken uh, taken on a team tonight owned by one of those uh, people. Oh, boy. Speaking of ownership, I know last night after the game, maybe you read, you know, Draymond was talking to Joe Lacob, and here we go, Joe. And Joe Lacob was like, thanks for willing us to a win. Really interesting where the Warriors are right now. Huge relief uh, after the win last night. Did you happen to see, Kyle, what Andre Iguodala said this week about the front office and ownership's two-timeline plan, the Warriors' two-timeline plan? Didn't. This was uh, really interesting, and I'd read this story in The Athletic, and I'd missed it, and J.D. brought it to my attention yesterday. This was Iguodala this week talking about this, you know, the two-timeline plan. You got your core, then you got your younger core, and you're trying to mesh like a Christopher Nolan movie, you know? He said, it's just... (laughs) You know, it kind of disrespects the former era, but I also don't think you're giving the new era the opportunity to grow and be kids, throwing that all on them, and it's not deserving. It's just my perspective. Could be wrong. End quote. Really interesting. Yeah, I guess. But isn't that what every team ever is trying to do? Well, is trying to like yeah. you, you're trying to build winners and sure. then extend that window as long as humanly possible. And I know not everything, not every team has what the Warriors have with this core of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, but that's kind of the goal is to win titles, but also set yourself yes. up to win future titles. But the way the Warriors are going about it, and to me, it's been one of the bright spots of this year that they've had the success they've had with the young players. And that's even though Wiseman hasn't played at all, and still they can look at. You know, Moody and Poole and Kaminga and go, yeah, most teams don't try to do it at the same time. Most teams are yeah. all in. And that's what we know the veterans, and you can understand the veterans before the season apparently went to the front office like, we're not worried about, you know, young. we can't carry the youngsters if we want to win a championship. We need to get another veteran in here. And uh, that's the way they wanted to go about it. So that's what's unique about it. The Warriors trying to do both at one time. Iguodala, perhaps, in a way, is speaking for, you know, and he's not going to be here long, so he doesn't have to worry about it. Maybe he's speaking for Steph and Clay and Draymond. And maybe he just feels like, mm, you know what? Um, it's disrespectful to think it's that easy to replace these guys. And again, I'm not trying to drum up negativity after that big win, but I just thought that was a really interesting thing that Iguodala said uh, this week about this it's not plan. About, but it's not, <laughs> I don't know if it's about replacing them. It's trying to find players because they're trying, they are simultaneously worried about this year and then the next Eight to ten years. Sure. And life. But you have to give me part, but you have to give me it at least at the approaches. It's not common the way they're going about it. No, it doesn't mean it's good or bad. Because it's not common because it's hard. Yes. It's nigh impossible. Like what the Spurs did, like Kawhi turning into a generational talent was like a stroke of luck. He learned how to shoot and that just kind of turned everything around or he upped his offensive game and that just kind of turned everything around and became the best defender on the planet there for a little bit. Yeah, they won their first one in 99 and their last one in 2014. Yeah, like that. It's But teams don't do it because it's so difficult to thread that needle. And I just, I think every team, if you told them like, hey, you can set, if you told the Grizzlies right now, like, hey, in 10 years, you're going to have John Morant, Jaron Jackson, and Desmond Bain all kind of on the way out the door. You're still contending for championships, but also you'll have a couple of young players that you feel really good. Like every team is taking that. Every team wants to do that, mm-hmm. but not every team gets the opportunity. And I think it's it's a testament to the Warriors and how good 
this core has been that they even have that chance. I agree. I've been I was very skeptical when it became apparent what they were doing. At first, I didn't believe that was yeah. really what they were doing. But I think here's the proof. And you can understand Iguodala feeling that way and maybe some of the veterans feeling that way. Right. It's human nature. You, you understand that. But you look at where the Warriors are right now compared to where they'd be if, say, they'd traded one, at least one or two of their young assets and maybe a draft pick for Bradley Beal or Miles Turner or Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons. Would they do you really feel like right now they'd be in a better spot? I I don't think so. Yeah, Bradley Beal's hurt, but I'm assuming even if he was healthy, they might be in in a different, maybe a little better spot, but short term. Yeah, maybe. But it's not. Here's the thing is if they were forcing. Moses Moody minutes. If he was, he had that stretcher. He was playing really well. He was getting 20 minutes. He had 36 minutes at Denver um, as part of the, uh, the what do you call it? The load management squad. Yeah. And, you know, 30 minutes, 18. But since, <laughs> since March 20th, didn't play five minutes, 17 minutes at Miami. That was the, that was the back-to-back. Uh, inactive, didn't play, didn't play. 27 minutes at Memphis. Again, back-to-back. Uh, 40 seconds against Phoenix and then didn't play against Utah. Right. If they were forcing minutes for guys like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga's even seen his minutes go up and down, depending on his play. It's very clear that they are focused more on this year. It's clear to me that they're focused more on this year than they are building for the future. That's part of the point that Iguodal is trying to make. I'm not sure I agree with it, but when he says, Hey, it's, it's, you're not giving them the opportunity. If they were, and when I say they, I mean like Kuminga and Moody, if they were on Houston, they'd be playing 35 minutes a night. Right, but I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not certain that 35 minutes a night for Houston is is better. I mean, Kuminga specifically, five minutes against Phoenix, four minutes last night. But prior to that, 35 minutes against Memphis, uh, 14 minutes against Washington, 14 against Atlanta, 30 against against Miami. Like, he's getting minutes. He's getting 20-plus minutes. Basically, up until up until the last couple of games, he had twenty plus minutes a game, in in like important minutes, on a team that's a playoff caliber team. Yeah, I know. Like, I think that's still good for his development. The the proof's in the pudding. How well are they playing? Kuminga at times has played very well this year. He hasn't looked like you know last year. Wiseman didn't look like it was working. Mm-hmm. Kuminga's played well. So whatever they're doing, however they're doing it, it's working. Moody too. Both those guys will probably have a chance to have big nights tonight. But what I, I'm I'm curious, what asset was even available for the two picks and what? Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. That's that's why I say I think trying to go back and I think maybe Beal might have been in play. Maybe somebody mentioned yesterday in the text line Miles Turner, or we know Simmons was you know at least theoretically in play. So those are the only guys I I, I could think of. And but I'm not I sure. Don't know but if those deals were even doable. Right, and that's that's just it. So. Yeah. If the Warriors had had a trade for Bradley Beal on the table and said, "Ah, never mind," like that's okay, may, maybe that's a little different. But also, just unloading those assets for to get a, a veteran who's going to play those twenty minutes instead. No. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. Let's talk to Khaled. He's out in Clayton. He joins us on ninety five seven. The game. What's up, Kay? What's going on, gentlemen? How are you guys doing this fine Sunday? Good. What's on your oh. mind? Can't spell Khaled without K, by the way. So you can't. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I'm interested in this whole two timeline approach and Iguodala's uh, criticism of it. And why do you said that teams don't typically do this? And you're absolutely right. Uh, but you guys just think back in time and tell me how many contending teams have gotten a lottery pick, let alone three lottery picks, 
over a two-year period. Right. And it's kind of like when the Warriors got fortunate enough to be able to get Durant because of the big changes in regards to the salary cap that allowed a historic, historic win team to be able to add on someone like a Kevin Durant to that roster. This is We ended up having injuries that allowed us to end up with three lottery picks that are going to allow us to be able to kind of move things into the future and allow these guys to develop under some of the best as opposed to being stuck on a Houston team trying to kind of flail around and figure things out on their own. So you're right, this is not common and this hasn't happened before, but that's just kind of the way the ball's bounced for the, for the Warriors, and they're fortunate enough to be able to have the coaching staff that can work with them and develop them to be able to look at the present with the core three, including Iguodala and all the veterans, and be able to move these guys along and see whether or not a Kaminga, maybe even a Moody, depending on the playoff game, can get in there and add minutes on for them. But, you know, it's, it's exciting times. And, you know, maybe what we end up seeing is if we had a trade, you know, for a Bradley Beal, we wouldn't have Jordan Poole because he'd probably have been a part of that package. And look how Jordan Poole's developed. So we've got a very exciting future as well as an incredibly exciting present with the guys that we currently have. So I think Iggy is being short-sighted on this one. Thanks, Khaled. Appreciate that. I I would agree with you again, just to wrap it up. I I was very skeptical of the plan, but you look at, you know, what their foundation for the future looks like right now. And there's a long ways to go before this, you know, this group is anything close to what we can consider a really good NBA team, but there's a very promising while they're still getting a lot of mileage out of a, an aging core that has a chance to uh, maybe make another run at a championship. So understand Iguodala's feelings, but I think as difficult as it is, it looks like it's actually working coming up next. What's this? I'm glad we you have a 49er podcast, right, Kyle? That's uh, I, yeah. I do. Yeah, glad we have you here because I got to ask you about these 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 reports that the 49ers are getting ready to sign a Hall of Fame running back. Oh, that's that's called acting. That's next. Whitey Gleason, Kyle Madsen, 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Warriors looking for their first lead. Cool fakes. Fires a three left side. Good! Golden State on top. 
105-103. Quinn Snyder will call his last timeout. It's an 18-0 run. And this place is going bananas. Now back to 95-7, the game. Was that the most wasted timeout you've ever seen? Not that timeout, but the one before that, that Donovan Mitchell called when he was falling out of bounds with eight tenths of a second left? Brutal. Timeout. Timeout. Brutal. Yeah. I could get, and I get it in that situation. You're trying to avoid a turnover. It's and been you're a probably tough not week like, for him with timeouts. Yeah. Not uh, not great. Yeah. It just it just feeds into the the jazz falling apart thing it's just like that's it you understand a player falling out of bounds you got time out you want to use it but not having the awareness to know it's eight tenths of a second eight tenths like, yeah. of a second then they ran a terrible play where they had like gobert popping out and they had bogdanovich drive uh, dive cut to the hoop for a lob or something like hello i think that's supposed to be the other way around <laughs> come on utah jazz warriors taking full advantage they uh with the win last night as you know moved a game up on dallas dallas right now playing the milwaukee bucks Dallas, by the way, really kicked one uh, into last week. They lost at Washington. They got rolled. Yeah, that's bad. And uh, 72-68 third quarter, uh, the Mavs leading those uh, what, the exciting Milwaukee Bucks. Luke is a heck of a player, man. He's really good. I know he's annoying because of his, you know, complaining to the refs and after, you know, the the constant hand, palms up, wondering where the call is and the, and the crying and stuff. He's really freaking good. Yeah. Not just complaining to the refs, the whole to, to one of the female officials. Hey, did you see the foul? What foul? When I fell in love with you. Man, that actually happened. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough look for my guy. Yeah. I, I was on with JD yesterday. We talked about that. I mean, if that's me, if I'm the official, Kyle, right? Boom. But first of all, terrible joke. Boom. One T. Second of all, disrespectful. Boom. Double T. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. See, I'm I'm anti teeing him up for a bad joke because I love a good bad joke. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna tee him up. I'm not giving him a tee for that. But definitely, like, dude, there's a like, come on, man. Yeah. She kind of made a face, and it was like she really didn't know how to react. I, I anyway. She just uh t <laughs> flagrant one. Yeah, on the text line here, Comcast Business text line. It's always open, 888-957-9570. This is the text of the day nominee here from the 510. I agree with Iguodala. The 70 minutes he's played this year could have went to one of the young guys. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. But, I mean, he's – I – is (laughs) – I don't want to – You okay? Yeah, I'm trying to – Yep, here it comes. Don't worry about it. Yeah, a little bit. Um – this never used to happen before you got married. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Is he better than Jonathan Kaminga for the Warriors right now? Right now, yes, because you have a clearer idea of what you're going to get from him night to night, I would say. And plus, he gives you, when he's playing well, he gives you something at the defensive end that you really need in the short term. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think. Okay. You I think would... I think I agree with you, but I'm not 100% sure if if it's Kaminga on the floor right now instead of Iguodala, how much worse they are. Because they're certainly better, at least offensively, I think. Well, yeah, for the most part. But again, Kaminga at times has been like lost, which yeah. is understandable. At times, not a lot. Right. Not as much as you'd think. Right. And at, at the very, you know, and uh, 
Iguodala can run the offense for you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's I understand fine. your point. We're, it's not there. I mean, one definitely, you know, Iguodala, when he talks about, I've had my knee drained like three times since Christmas. I've never done that before. And my body's telling me things. We know where this is headed, and this is probably it for him. But for right now, uh, you know, in the playoffs, when you need all that experience and everything, he brings yeah. you that. And Kuminga doesn't, it's just not in the arsenal yet. Okay. That's okay? fair. I'll Eight, buy that. Yeah. Thank you. 888-957-9570. Uh, before we get to this 49er story about a Hall of Fame running back, we got some A's news and notes we got to get to. Real quick on I'll buy that. Yeah. I have, a, I have a story about that. So in in college, at Sacramento State, Stingers up. So you took a geology class, and then there was a geology lab associated with it, right? The geology lab professor, we would, like, do this work as a, as a group, and then he would come around to your table, and he'd check your work. So you would have to explain to him, like, here's how we got to this. Here's the type of rock we thought it was. Here's why. And so when you would explain to him, he'd kind of look at you and he'd go, hmm, I'll buy that. Hmm. Like, what? you'll buy that? Is it right or wrong? Like, you can't just say, I'll buy that. Like, no, you're the professor. Am I right or am I incorrect? And he would just go, oh, I'll buy that. Did you ever look at him and say, my sediments exactly? No. Let's talk to Dirty uh, from Alum Rock here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Dirty? Good morning, good morning, Whitey Kyle. Uh, so, yo, I wanted to, you know, point out a, the end of the game, man. It was it was huge to me because I pay attention to the little things. I like to rewatch. You know, I peep the highlights a few times over. I look at stuff that I didn't see in the first one, but kind of like watching your favorite movie over and over, right, when you get a win. But uh, anyway, um, the end of the game, you know, because this last few weeks, I know Clay and, and JP – you know, they're not tuned in all the time to everything that's going on, but these guys know what's being said about everything. And um, especially when it's coming to these big moments and there's a lot on the line. And um, right after that game, man, you know, they, they embraced each other. They, they gave each other a really, really big hug. And um, that was, you know, to me, that stood out because it, it's a lot of frustration in that hug. There was a lot of uh, figuring each other out how to coexist. And last night was a perfect example, man. I mean, I'm on a high horse. I know the Warriors got that damn uh, switch they could turn on and, and, and bring his stuff back, man. He looks like he's in a good mood. I think he's going to be healthy for these playoffs. Just on the body vibe, just on the vibes, and just, a, just the way he was acting and the way he was celebrating. I just think that this is on an up and up. It's hey, Dirty, can I, yeah. can I ask you a question? I want to tell you how I saw that hug, and I want to see if you saw it the same way or how you saw it. Um, to me, it was like Jordan Poole initiated it and he was just, and, and Clay was surprised and like a little embarrassed. And Jordan Poole's like, no, I'm not, bro, I'm not letting go. And he just hung on. And then finally, Clay kind of, you know, was embarrassed and pushed him away. But I thought it was really cool in that aspect. It was like Poole acknowledging, you know, you're Clay and we love you. And Clay's like, oh, come on. And then, all right. I, 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 I thought it was very emotional in that sense. That's what I saw. What, what about you? same exact way because that's how clay is man he's one of those type of dudes like come on dog you know I, you know i had it in me but but jp exactly giving the respect to the big dog but uh knowing that he's there as well we got some rottweilers on this team man i love the way gp2 played as well and i could see him exploding in the playoffs but i appreciate you guys man thanks for taking the call all right thank thanks. you dirty here by the way is steve kerr on the uh, pool and clay thompson embrace 
you should be happy for each other. They were both brilliant. I mean, Jordan, what he's done over the last month or so is incredible. The scoring binge he's been on, the number of scoring opportunities he's creating, pick and roll, and just with his dribble penetration, he's taken on just a, a huge burden with Steph out and he hasn't even blinked. Jordan's quite a story, and we all know what Clay has been through and the frustration since he's been back. He wants it so badly, and you know, Raymond pointed out he's he's had four games with 33 or more points, so it's not like he hasn't produced. It just hasn't been as consistent as, as he would like, but I will maintain that that's coming with time. I'm glad they were happy for each other. They, sh- they should have been. They were, they were two huge keys in the win. Kyle, the most significant Bay Area sports hug since Buster and Lincecum? Wow. Yeah. Mm. Man, I've really got to think about this. <laughs> we can get back to you. Mm. I feel like there was a Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo hug. Oh, okay. In there somewhere, maybe after the Rams game this year. Uh-huh. Brian but wants that... to say some shit. I let him. I don't want him to disrupt your train. Brian who? Brian Glacia. He's behind. That's the gentleman behind. Hi, Kyle. Yeah. yeah behind I, get, I thought you meant on the phone line. Oh. No, um, but I was just going to say, when it comes to, like, Bay Area hugs, do we forget Kevin Durant and Steph Curry when they won the second championship? And even the first championship at at um, Oracle. Hmm. Yeah, there's that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Huh? That was a good hug. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the 49ers, as Mount Kyle Hugmore. ponders that. Yeah. <laughs> Mount Bay Area Sports Hugmore. Very sure. niche. Yeah. It's like the whaling museum in Maine. I can only I'm trying to remember the one Brian mentioned. I got I thought I was doing pretty well going Buster uh Timmy. What is this about, Kyle? You of the know. um uh Candlestick Chronicles podcast. Thank you. Niners Wire, right? Yeah, huh? Yeah. Uh running back Frank Gore said Heard he of plans to sign a one day contract with the 49ers and retire as a member of the team that drafted him. That's great. It's interesting to me that it's the 49ers aren't saying they're doing this. He's saying he plans to do it. We're still trying to figure out when I'm going to do my one-day contract to sign, do my retirement. And he says uh, the timeline says, ah, it could be a couple of months for it uh, before it takes place. And then he hopes to work in the Niners' front office. I love looking at talent. I love evaluating talent. And I love ball. And they know uh, that I know football players, what it's supposed to take to be a football player. End quote. How about that? Frank Gore, nine 1,000-yard rushing seasons, has played in more games than any other player in NFL history, 241. Any other running back, right? Um, I think so. I'm, and I apologize. I was just reading this verbatim, but I think you're right. Well, it says here he's played in more games than any other player in NFL history, 241. We'll have to double-check no that. No way. There's no way that's right. Is George Blanda playing more? There's no way that... He's played I'm not in arguing more games it. I, I just anyone. I should. I read it from ESPN.com. I just read it without uh, games. Here we go. Career regular season leaders. Career in games. Yeah. Yeah. Morton Anderson played in 382. Adam Vinatieri 365. Gary Anderson 353. Tom Brady's played in 318. 49ers legend Phil Dawson 305. Jerry Rice 303. Brett Favre 302. So this is running back then. Yeah, it's got to be. Isn't right. Low Neal on that list? Yeah, he he. I believe he passed Low Neal. Yeah. Uh, was the was the um, was the big the big uh, benchmark last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lorenzo Neal. Yeah, then Frank Gore, two forty one. Him and Mason Crosby, same amount of games played. Sixteen thousand rushing yards, ranking third all time behind uh, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton. How about that? Third all time. It is a it, compiler. Well, and 
that's what that's what's so impressive to me about Frank Gore and the reason he's going to go into the Hall of Fame is because the argument against it is he was never the best running back in the league. He was never an all-pro. He didn't win a Super Bowl. Like Those are the arguments against it. But when you look at his body of work over 16 NFL seasons as a running back, that's unbelievable. That is, in this, in this era, the era that he played, that is unheard of. The production he put up on a bunch of awful Niners teams is incredible. He was their offense for such a long yeah, time. And, and the durability produced. was incredible, especially given that it's not like he avoided injury. He had injuries and just overcame them. Right. Right. And and he was in a he was in a college backfield with like Willis McGahee and mm-hmm. Najee Davenport or something like that. There was there was another running back in his in his backfield. But it was it was a his career was just remarkable. Like it was a Hall of Fame career. I don't I know there's these benchmarks and these checks that you have to hit, but 12 consecutive seasons with 1,200 yards from scrimmage, like th- most running backs now don't play 12 years, period. When I consider the great 49ers of all time, I have him in a separate category, rightly or wrongly. I just do, fairly or unfairly, because he wasn't on a team that won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? And I know that's not fair, but I right. just realize as I as I rank him in my own mind, where does he rank him among the all-time great 49ers? I have him on like a secondary list because he, he was never on a team, and I know they were close, never won a Super Bowl. Well, and he was on just a lot of bad teams. Yeah. I mean, by the time by the time they, they started their run in 2011, 11. I mean, he was he was near 30, and he was there f- until 14. I think he's, that was his age 31 season. So he looked to be in the tail end of his career when he left the 49ers. But then he had three good seasons for Indy. He had a year with the Dolphins. He had a year with the Bills. He had a year with the Jets. Like he, he, he just the the career that he put together. A fine boxing career. It was it was among the boxing careers. It was definitely one. Um, yeah, he's a he he had a Hall of Fame career. Like that's that's what it comes down to for me. So uh, Frank Gore planning to sign the one day. Clinton I'm not gonna... Portis from the 707. Thank you. Yeah, Sorry, there you going. go, Clinton Portis. I I'm not a big fan of those things, but whatever. I mean, the sign a one day. It's like okay, I want to retire a 49er. It makes him happy. If it makes the team happy, gives the team something to you know talk about. That's fine. I'm just to me, I don't. It's like Coach K. I'm not feeling the the warm and fuzzies over Coach K's last game, and I don't get the warm and fuzzies over. I'm gonna do this trumped up uh, signing a contract so I can play my last game with. One, one day with my team so I can retire as a member of that team. That's great. It just uh, didn't do anything for me. I think Frank's going to want to work out that day. Yeah. Like, I think he's for sure going to be like, I need to be on the practice field. I'm, uh, I'm under contract. I'm going to go practice. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of person I think he is. Um, but, yeah, they, they'll, they'll make it a little ceremonial thing. Sure. Didn't Roger Craig do the same thing? Uh, Navarro Bowman most recently did it. Um, I'm unsure about Roger Craig. That was pre me, mm-hmm. but didn't Hugh McElhaney do this? Yeah, maybe <laughs> Joe the Jet Perry. No. Um, so yeah, they'll they'll have a little press conference for him, and he'll go out and he'll talk to the and team show him and sign the thing, right? Yeah. It, so it'll be a. But it's not like baseball where you go in as a X, like you don't go in with a hat and it's like what what's what's what what teams are going to be on there? You just go in. Yeah. Your bus doesn't have any kind of association with your team. Frank Gore's a 49er. Whether he signs a one-day contract or not, Frank Gore's a 49er. Exactly, yeah. He's going to get his number retired or go into the team's Hall of Fame. It wasn't that, well, I guess it was kind of a long time ago, 2011, 2012. There was actually a debate over whether he's a Hall of Famer, and there's no debate now. But, there, like, there is. Like, there are people out there. There is a segment of people who will tell you he's not. 
which is nuts. Right. I mean, he's the he's third a, leading rusher yeah. of all time. I heard he played in more games than any player in history. That was yeah. incorrect, Whoa, but that's what right, I heard. Hey, write that down. <laughs> no, I, I heard it on the internet. No, it's just. Um, Brian he, wants to talk again. Your call. No, yes not no? yet, Brian. I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, uh, and, uh, and Brian, I'll hand it to you here, but I, I, I get, I get the argument of he was never the best player at his position. But like I said, when you look at the body of work, his body of work is a Hall of Fame caliber body of work. Brian, your thoughts. Here's Brian. Kyle, I'll make this quick and simple. Uh, speaking of Roger Craig, actually, he was responsible for the first one-day retirement contract in the NFL. I believe he was the first one. Oh, thank you. Neato. In the future, for future reference, if you want to make something quick, don't say I'm going to make it quick because it's actually quicker if you don't say I'm going to make just it adding quick. Words. Just make it quick. Uh-huh. Right, and just don't say that. But although otherwise, I think, thank you for I the fact. Although I think it's worth, although I think it's worth in Brian's defense, and I'll make this quick, is <laughs> you say that to let the person know, like, hey, stay with me. I'm, I'm, a, this is going to go fast. Don't check out because I'm going to talk for 90 seconds. I'm going to get this in here. Back to you. All right. Thanks. I, I get, I get what's happening there. Yeah, I think Frank Gore, um, until now, I think in the back of his mind, he was thinking, I can still help this club. Yeah, seriously. That's what. Right? Well, that's why this retirement's coming now. He waited all last year. He was at the end of last season, going, "Yep, I'm just waiting for this phone call. I can help a team." Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, he never got it. But yeah, I think I think he realized that it, even if he doesn't want to hang his pads up, he, he kind of has to. By the way, the argument that you're hanging your helmet on—that you got to be the best at any one time—I think to it's be a ridiculous. Hall of Famer. Yeah, it doesn't make it's that's really dumb. What if I'm the second best player forever? Well, you were never the best player, so you're not a Hall of Famer. That's stupid. There's a there is I a, don't know I why get, you you feel so strongly about that. <laughs> I would get that argument if um if he had played like eight years. Yeah. And, but like he has the opposite Hall of Fame argument as Patrick Willis. So like Frank Gore played 16 years and was awesome to good for 14 of those 16 which again in this era is unbelievable it's unreal what he did so he'll go into the hall of fame for that patrick willis on the other hand had the shorter career i think it was seven years but he was an all pro in like six of those seven and he went to the he was a first team all pro in like six of the seven or five of the seven he went to the pro bowl a bunch of times and he was the standard at his position for multiple years. Mm-hmm. So he'll go in because of that, and Frank Gore will go in because he has the longevity. So Frank Gore's story, that's um, drawn some headlines today. Another quick one is Tiger is going to practice at Augusta National, says he's a game-time decision on playing the Masters, which I don't think you have game-time decisions in golf. Isn't it a tea-time decision, Kyle? And then if you've already <laughs> made the tea-time, you've already made the decision. So What's the cancellation policy at Augusta National? <laughs> Guys, is, is it 48 Tiger? hours? Hey, it's Tiger. I, I'm really not. I can scratch your throat. I'm sorry, Tiger. Where do I have your tea time? Ready to get yeah. your tea time? It's going to owe us the green fees. <laughs> yes. We'll yes. Remove your card. Come on, charge. guys. I won the freaking term. Sorry, Tiger. Rules are rules, and we do have your credit card on record. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll see. Finger, I don't know what to hope for there. You, I, I would hate. I, I Well, I want to see him play. Did you see what he did for his practice round? He grabs his kid, Charlie. And says, hey, we're going to go play a practice round at Augusta. How freaking cool would that be? Pretty cool. Just like right now my dad goes, hey, you want to go down to the range? Yeah, we go to the local driving range. We have a yeah. good time at the range. Yeah. He goes, hey, Charlie, you want to go to Augusta? Want to go play Augusta real quick? <laughs> sure, Dad. Yeah, Dad. Okay. But like 1% <laughs> of the people in the world who ever play golf will play Augusta. Yeah. And Charlie Woods just gets to do it.
That's awesome. You think Charlie's ever going to win the Masters? Would you Brawny bet on it? NBA champion or Charlie oh, Masters champion? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to go Charlie Masters champion because Bronny needs so many things to go his way to win a championship. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking Charlie. Smart bet. Thank you. Smart bet. Uh, and one more here, and it's kind of a tradition, although I love the A's. And my dad's uncle used to be the pitch coach for the A's. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I always – it's kind of a tradition on the show when I'm on with Kyle. I say something – Kind of poking fun at the fact mean, that he, disparaging, yeah, something rude. About, and I, I can't even do that today because this is such a tough day for A's fans. Sources, according to sources, San Diego Padres acquire Sean Manaya in trade with rebuilding Oakland A's, and I've never heard of the guys the A's are getting in return here. So Kyle, this is uh, I, I, I understand when you say I'm not going to any games this year. Because they're making it tough on you to support your your A's right now. Yeah, like what 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 is there to root for? They John Heyman had a great tweet. The A's had the highest payroll in baseball in 1991 at 33 million dollars. That is their payroll today. You got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding. It's I saw it on the internet, so it's true. So that, seriously, that's no, that's un, that's that's unacceptable. It's, it's borderline unbelievable. You know, it's, that's unbelievable. I really, that's borderline. No, it's, can that be true? Wow, that they have an owner, and they're not the only team in in baseball for sure, and 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 in sports, they they have an owner that doesn't care about fans, doesn't care about winning, doesn't doesn't care about anything other than the bottom line. How do they finish this season in the black? And if the A's are going to regularly compete and make a lot of money, they are going to have to finish several seasons in the red. And John Fisher is not willing to do that because he doesn't care. He doesn't want to win. That's that to me. Like, why would you, why would you go continue to support that? Do you think they're timing this up, tearing down the roster and then timing a rebuild back up to when they will be in a new stadium, either here or in Las Vegas, or is this just a matter of, yeah, this team's not good enough to pay a lot of money for. We can make more money with uh, a worse team. No, they, if it like, (laughs) that would be all fine. Like that theory would be fine. If they knew when they had a stadium going up, right. If they knew like, Oh, Hey, okay. 2026 opening day, 2026. Like, let's get this. No, they're not doing that at all. They are doing the massive teardown. And part of me thinks that they don't want people to go. They don't want people to spend money so they can go, see, not viable in Oakland. Got to go. Yeah. What can we do? Our hands are tied. It's gross. Yeah. Oh, but baseball's back here. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, We'll be back out. Can't wait. Baseball's back. Uh, The Warriors back after last night. Coming up, let's hope this Warrior has figured it out. Some encouraging sun. Not even talking about Clay. Tell you who we're talking about next. It's Whitey and Kyle, 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey.